Hello and welcome to the Trinity Podcast with me, Rob Burkhead. And me, Ben Hughes. We are the co-founders of Trinity Transformation and creators of the Fit Over 40 method. And for more information about what we do, go to www.fit40info.com. So today's episode is all about how to avoid gaining corona pounds during the winter lockdown. So sit back and relax and welcome to today's Trinity Podcast. So we've spoken to loads of women who have struggled with their weight in 2020, whether that's due to kind of fear and anxiety about how the illness might affect them or vulnerable family members, whether that is about around the boredom of the ongoing COVID-19 restrictions, whether that's because of the stress of working from home and always having to be available whilst juggling childcare at the same time. It's not really been an easy ride for anyone. Uh, many people have turned to food and drink to try and deal with the emotional corona coaster, uh, meaning that for many, the scales have been climbing steadily upwards and waistlines have been steadily expanding. And with even more extreme restrictions coming back into place, can feel like all hope of turning this around has been snuffed out. And a lot of people have, have said, like 2020 is a write-off. I've heard that more than once. And when you're kind of living in elasticated clothing, there are no social events on the horizon, no holidays coming up. It can be really, really tempting to just give up and to just think, you know, I'll spend winter gorging on comfort foods, convince myself that I'm just going to fix this next year and, and just kind of not worry about it for now. But the reality is this isn't really about, this isn't just about weight or about appearance. It's all, it's also about how we feel. So junk food, alcohol, and a sedentary lifestyle, it's a dangerous cocktail where the hangover from that can be a bout of the winter blues. So the more somebody eats and the more somebody drinks, the more lethargic and gross they may feel. And it can become a vicious cycle of eating and drinking as a temporary pick-me-up only to feel even worse. So the thing is, whilst it can feel kind of unavoidable for many people to fall into this trap, it doesn't have to be that way. And in the last lockdown, we've had dozens of clients lose between one to two dress sizes and one to two stone, get back into their favorite clothes, transform their energy levels and their confidence, all within those three months of lockdown where we were told you must stay at home. We also work exclusively with women over 40 who are juggling busy, high pressure careers with homeschooling at the same time. So it's not as if they've had it easy whilst they were getting those results. So with another lockdown on the horizon, we just wanted to share five of the key things that all of those successful clients did back in March. So you can take those and you can use those to avoid gaining any more Corona pounds during this lockdown and actually get the scales moving and start getting the weight off in a healthy and a sustainable way. Yeah, so what we're gonna to do today is go through five key strategies that those clients used that Ben mentioned that lost one to two stone last lockdown. So you can take these strategies and you can put them into place in your life and, you know, immediately and start seeing results because we're now in this lockdown. Uh, we don't know how long it will go on for supposedly only four weeks. We're not going to get into opinions about how long it will go on for, but what we are going to do is give you the tactics to kind of turn this around and use this as an opportunity like many clients did before. So the first thing you're going to need to do in order to do that, is to first of all reframe your perception of what lockdown actually is because what most people do and what most diets do is they just go straight into trying to lose weight they start <clears throat> trying to eat better or they start just trying to you know exercise more but they don't really set up this foundation for success and for most people they're on a pretty crumbly weak 
foundation right now. It's kind of like trying to build, you know, trying to build your dream house without actually digging a solid foundation and building that dream house. You know, you've got, you probably have an image of what that would look like for you. You build up that amazing house and you're really, really excited. And then you look on in horror as it just comes crumbling down within a week or two. This is the same kind of situation a lot of people get into when they get into starting, you know, into a diet or into a fitness plan. They think, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to lose that stone. I'm going to feel amazing. I want to feel confident again. And they just start doing stuff. And then it just, it all falls, fall to pieces in the first week. They, it gets the weekend, they get stressful, they stop doing it, or they never even really start. And the problem is if you don't believe it's possible or your mindset is and perception is not in the right place, you're going to give up before you've even started. It's like that devil, you know, that devil on you have on your shoulder that might say things like, you know, what's the point even starting? You're just going to fail anyway. What's the point starting? It's winter. It's too difficult. It's the same voice that will say stuff like, go on, one won't hurt when, when you're looking at the biscuit tin or when you're looking at having a drink. And it's the same voice now that for a lot of people is saying things like, everything's gone to crap. You know, they're saying stuff like 2020 is a write-off. And if you're stuck in this sort of negative th thought patterns, you're, gonna, you're not even going to bother starting or you're going to start and give up very, very quickly. So it's very important to think, where has this thinking actually come from? Has it come from you? Or has it come from the news? And has it come from people around you? Because the perspective news has given us is that this is a lockdown. And if we start using that language like, oh, lockdown, lockdown, it sounds really, really imposing. It sounds like we're all in prison. Then the reality is we could use a different perspective of looking at this. And the same with this, this year and the same with, with you know, what's going on. And we could say, wait a second, should I just listen to everyone in the news around me saying it's all awful, it's rubbish, it's the worst year ever? Or... Should I think, wait a sec, could I see this as an opportunity? For example, you can't eat out. The, you know, the, the word lockdown is very, very extreme. The reality is we just can't, can't go out for dinner. You can't see more than one friend out the house and you can't see friends inside. You can't really travel much and you can't really go on holiday. Now, those are most of the reasons people actually usually tell us why they can't lose weight. It's the social events, it's the friends, it's the holiday, it's the travel. It's the lack of time. And that's not something that's really a problem right now. So we could see that as all, you know, the end of the world and th this year's a write-off, or you could see this as an opportunity. And our clients before that we mentioned, we had lots of clients and we're going to read out their, their exact results or some of their results at the end of this um, episode. But my, my sort of most successful in terms of weight loss, I don't want to just measure it like that, but in terms of weight loss, just to get the picture across, my most successful client this year, she started with me this year, just before lockdown, um, and she worked all through lockdown. Lou lost, has lost over five stone now in 2020. Um, and she's gone from being severely obese BMI to actually being really close to a healthy BMI now. And I have no doubt at all she's going to get there by the end of the year. So you could see this as a, as a problem. You could see it as a write-off. You're not going to get anywhere if you do that. Or you could see this as an opportunity, just like Lou did. And all the clients are going to read out at the end who all saw amazing results as well for them. You know, it's different results for different people. And they all just saw this as an opportunity. So that's the first thing I'd say is set yourself up for success in terms of your mindset and your perspective, how you look at this. And then once you've kind of got your mindset in the right place, I think the next thing to work on is to set up your environment for success. Now, there's a bit of a misconception out there that the only thing that you need in order to succeed, if, if you know, if in the last lockdown you struggled to eat healthy, you struggled to stay away from the alcohol, you struggled to exercise, that you, may, you just needed more willpower and then you will be able to succeed. The reality is if, if that didn't work before, um, it's, it's probably not going to work this time because 
ultimately willpower doesn't work and the reason the reason that is is because your willpower that you have is almost like the battery on your phone and the more that you use it the less you have until eventually it runs out entirely it stops working completely and for women who have stressful lives anyway by the end of the day their decision making ability is completely gone so if you're at work you're making decisions for people at work you're making decisions for others in your family um when it comes to making decisions for yourself your ability to make decisions and your ability to make the right decisions has gone down significantly and that's when people end up hitting that sod it button they turn to junk food they turn to alcohol they 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 feel like the rest of the week is you know they feel like the week is ruined so they just kind of give up and, and ruin the rest of the week so instead of that what you can do to avoid that is to set your environment up to win instead so your environment what, what I basically mean by that is the people and the things around you. So this can be split into two things. So the first one is kind of your physical environment. So very, very simple things, really, really simple things. So, you know, what's in your cupboards, for example? What foods do you have in your cupboards? What things do you have in your fridge? What is your home environment like? Is it, is it chaotic? Is it, um, you know, everything's all over the place? Do you have a nice place to exercise? Do you have a nice place to relax? Do you have a nice place to work? How could you kind of set your environment up around you to work better for your life and to make it easier for you to do the things that you want to do? Then the second thing is your digital environment. So, you know, it, it, we spend a scary amount of time on technology, whether that's laptops, whether that's phones, um, these days. So it's it's almost as important to take care of that environment as it is to take care of your physical environment. So things like news apps, um, other distractions on your phone that suck away your time. Do you have apps that allow you to order takeaways or get into other bad habits? Are you just wasting time scrolling through social media, maybe comparing yourself to others that makes you feel bad, um, seeing all the doom and gloom coming in from other people's opinions, which as, as you said before, Rob, can really have an impact on your mindset. Um, so cleaning up that environment can make it very, very easy for you to succeed rather than to feel feel kind of trapped and feel like you you know you don't have the willpower to succeed. So what we do with our clients and all of those ladies that saw such amazing results in the first lockdown is we get them to do a process called the cupboard cleanse, which is essentially fixing your environment in terms of food. And if you're looking for somewhere to start, this is a really good place. So all you've got to do really is um, go into your cupboards. Um, we have we give our clients kind of specific healthy and unhealthy food groups that we think they should, we, we advise them on things that we should think they should remove and things that they should have in the cupboards. But if you go into your cupboard and just make sure that everything in there is healthy, um, not only healthy, but also have things that are healthy, but they're also enjoyable, things that you want to eat, that you enjoy eating, that you like eating, then it makes it way more easy for you to, for you to succeed. If you open the fridge, there's like healthy snacks that you really enjoy in there it's easy to make that decision. If you open the fridge and it's full of unhealthy food, then you're probably gonna eat the unhealthy food. And if you open the fridge and it's full of healthy food, but it's all rubbish, it's just like, you've just got celery and raw cucumber and beetroots, but nothing exciting. You're probably gonna open that fridge, shut it again, and then you're gonna get on your phone and you're gonna order a takeaway to get something interesting. So this cupboard cleanse process, I would say go into your cupboards, remove everything that's unhealthy. So, you know, mainly sugary things. If you've got like bottles of gin and tonics and wine and beers and stuff, get some of that out. It's, it's not going to help. And just replace it with things that you really enjoy instead. And we'll come, we'll come on to later. One of the, the final points today is about swapping less health, you know, unhealthy treats for still treats, but healthier treats. We'll come on to exactly what those look like in just a minute as well. 
So once you've done that, once you've set your environment up to succeed and you've, you've shifted your perspective because those two things are kind of the foundations, the fundamentals that you need, those two things make it very easy. You don't need willpower once you've kind of kind of done those two things. Then what you need to do is focus on the actual fundamentals of weight loss now because a lot of people, they actually just miss these things. They don't, don't actually focus on the fundamentals. They, they get these wrong and then there's no way you can lose weight. And there's no way you can do it in a way that's flexible and enjoyable. So the underlying sort of rule is something called energy balance, which just is a fancy word for saying the difference between the calories you consume and the calories you burn every single day. And there's a, there's a sort of sweet spot for you where you'll be allowed, uh, sort of able to stay active enough and eat the right amount that you'll um, be able to lose that excess weight. But it's not so low that you starve yourself. So it's kind of like, you know, in Goldilocks, um, is it a fable? I don't know, in the story of Goldilocks. Um, she's all about finding that porridge that's not too hot, not too cold, that's just right. The bed that's not too hard, not too soft, that's just right. It's the same with your calories. It's about you know your food intake and your exercise. There's an amount that's not too much, not too little, that's just right. You don't need to starve yourself, but you do have to get this right. And this is the thing that most people get wrong. Their portions are too big, or they're having too many treats and snacks or too many drinks, and therefore they're unable to see results. Or they're too sedentary, so they're just sat at their desk all day and they don't move at all. And therefore, they, the only way they'd actually be able to lose weight is to starve themselves, and that's not sustainable. Now, it's a little bit more complicated over 40. So for a lot of the clients we work with over 40, their hormones are starting to change. Even years before clinical menopause, your hormones will start to change. And just with aging in general as well, your hormones will start to change in the way your body um, reacts to certain things like stress changes. So your body becomes much more sensitive to cortisol, the stress hormone. And if that gets spiked too high for too long, so that's sort of what's called chronically elevated, doesn't really matter what you're gonna do, that's gonna block a lot of your weight loss. It's gonna upset your cravings. It's gonna cause weight gain around the middle and it's gonna make it a real steep sort of uphill battle for you, especially if you're also going through something like perimenopause or menopause, which will just make that worse. So if you've already got a stressful lifestyle and you're over 40, you're gonna also need to do a lot to keep your stress levels under control while still reducing your calorie intake and, eat, and also increasing your calorie burn, so staying more active. So the way we do this with our clients is, first of all, we increase the activity by avoiding high stress activities. So we avoid things like HIIT, we avoid things like spinning or long distance running. Like all these activities are great if you're in your 20s, maybe early 30s, and your stress levels are low, you can get away with doing them and see results. But if you're older, it's gonna put a lot of strain on your joints, a lot of stress on your body, you're probably not gonna see good results. So we focus on something called list strength, uh, list training, which is low impact strength training. And we may also get them to do something like walking or some gentle other forms of exercise instead. And that works really well. So even just increasing activity to walking a bit more will make a big, big difference during this lockdown. And then the other thing is we help them to manage their food choices. So we cut out the problem foods in their diet first. We do something called the diet makeover, which builds on the cupboard cleanse that Ben mentioned before. So we cut out problem foods that are higher in calories. This sort of helps reset their cravings. And then we help them to eat the right amount for them. So we help them to get their portion sizes right. Because a lot of people over the years have started to eat too much or they're eating the same amount, but because they're older, they kind of need to change that now and change the types of food they're choosing. So if you can find a balance between those two, then you'll absolutely be able to lose weight without starving yourself. Like most of our clients say, it's amazing how you know they can eat so much and still see good progress. They're not starving. Um, and in terms of the activity, they're able to do stuff that isn't absolutely beating their body down. It doesn't take too long. They usually just do three times a week. And that's everything they need to succeed. Cool. So the next thing to look at is basically 
what options you're choosing instead of food in instead of those kind of unhealthy foods as i mentioned before like it's great to open your cupboards and have loads of treats in there which are better options most diets or a lot of different diets will ban treats entirely whether that's kind of you know whether whether that's keto whether that's low carbs whether it's just kind of some things are just like you know no sugar ever no alcohol ever they'll ban things completely the problem with this is when you when you have a really strict approach that tends to lead to yo-yo dieting it tends to lead to an approach where people will be able to eat really well in the week. They might be able to stick to those really healthy, strict choices in the week. And then they have a massive blowout and undo all of that hard work at the weekend. In lockdown, that might look like ordering a takeaway, having a few too many drinks at home. Or they'll get into this cycle where they're able to kind of eat well for two weeks, stick to those solid, strict rules for two weeks. Then maybe they have a couple of days off track. They decide it's all, it's all, you know, it's all pointless now. Then they have a blowout for two weeks. And then after those two weeks, they might either go back to the first approach again, or they'll just get on a new diet or a new program, a new kind of restrictive approach. And the problem with this is neither of these really work long-term. If you can't stick to something long-term, if something is not kind of realistic for you and livable and it fits in with your life and your family life and everything you've got going on, then you can't hope to kind of maintain any of the results that you get from it so what we recommend instead is just swapping some of the treats that you may be having for lower calorie options so for example one tub of normal hagen salted caramel ice cream is 1300 calories which is quite hefty i mean i think most people could probably eat through a tub of ice cream one of those like small fancy tubs of ice cream um in one sitting but that's an insane amount of calories to have from one food item but instead you can swap to something like halo top ice cream which uh, i bought some of that yesterday actually or Ben and Jerry's Muforia ice cream. Uh, both of these things have three to four times less calories. They still taste good. They're still ice cream. You could still eat the same amount. But even with that, you could you could probably get away with eating the entire tub and in within the you know fit that into everything else you're eating in the day. Still see results. Still drop a dress size. Still get to where you want to be with your fitness, but not feel like you have to miss out because of it. Another example is, you know, a, a, a pack of chocolates, so like a normal kind of bar of chocolate you might have, Maltesers, whatever it is, might maybe between about 200 to 500 calories, which if you're having those, you know, as almost people often use those as kind of a pick me up to get a bit of a sugar boost or an energy boost throughout the day. Um, but they, that can quickly add up as well. That can quickly add inches to your waistline. But instead, you can swap to things like, for example, a low calorie hot chocolate. Um, with some sugar-free marshmallows on it, it's still going to be an enjoyable treat. Still going to be something that you can enjoy, especially in the winter, where you know it's nice to have something something a bit warming. And um, that can be less than 100 calories. And then the final example is if if you're having a glass of wine, large glass of wine, um, on a regular basis, it could be 200 calories in a large glass of wine. And you know, we all know wine. Wine tends to come in a bottle which contains you know three glasses, something like that. And the thing with wine is once you've opened it, you can't really, it's, it's hard to kind of seal it up and it's not going to last that long once it's open. So you tend to have one glass, which leads to two or which leads to one glass today, one tomorrow, one the next day. Um, so it can quickly go out of control. But instead, you could choose things like, for example, non-alcoholic sparkling wine. I know they also do non-alcoholic like normal white wine and things as well now, but that could be like 20 calories a glass. So that's 10 times less. Or you could have something like a gin and tonic um, if you still want to have something alcoholic and you could get that down to 50 calories if you have a sugar-free um, tonic with there with that as well so just goes to show that if if you know how to swap for healthier options you can still enjoy yourself you still don't have to ban all your foods and live on celery and cabbage or whatever boring diet foods some diets might recommend 
um, and you can still see the results that you want. And then the last thing, so once you've made all of those sort of fundamental changes, the last thing that we'd really recommend through lockdown, and I know we're biased, look, we are coaches, I'll admit it, we're biased, but the last thing is to just stop struggling on your own because it's really, really difficult on your own. I think there's this false idea out there that, that you know people are self-made. It's always in the news. This person's the latest self-made billionaire and things like that. But actually, in my experience, A, no one's self-made. And secondly, having no one to answer to makes it really easy to fail. It's very easy to fail alone and very easy to hide. and Pretend you didn't even really care about the thing when you're on your own. So for example, after university, um, I, I kind of had a couple of years where I really struggled with my fitness. So Ben and I used to train together at university. We were very into it. So we'd work out together. We'd, we, you know, we'd be doing all the things we need to do, help, you know, keeping each other accountable to our nutrition. And that worked really, really well. And then for two years after university, we weren't always living together. We weren't always doing the same thing anymore. And I just sort of drifted. I sort of tried to push myself to do it on my own. I thought I was saving money by not buying anything. And slowly I got less fit. I got more injured. I got less strong, got more out of shape. And I, it was a time where I really didn't even enjoy fitness that much, even though it's sort of a passion of mine. Just, it just got pretty difficult. I wasn't seeing good results and it wasn't that motivating. Eventually I joined something called CrossFit, which I'm not recommending you do this, by the way. This was what was right for me at, at the time, age 25, six. Um, but I joined that and I had a coach there to keep me accountable, to, to tell me what to do because despite being a coach, I actually would rather be told what to do as well than have to figure it out for myself every day. Um, and I had a group of people around me to keep me supported as well. Like I had a community there. And so I really got back into it. And ever since I've, you know, I've been getting stronger and fitter and I've been able to maintain that. So that accountability, that's kind of really the power of that accountability and that support. And it's really key to seeing good results. So accountability is basically having someone there to say, did you do what you said you'd do? And it's kind of like your boss at work. If they're there checking up on you, you're going to show up and you're, you're going to work hard. And then having support is having someone there. So if things are not working, you have someone there to fix your problems quickly. So you don't plateau and you don't give up because you are going to have weeks where it's difficult. You are going to have times where you don't see progress, even if you seem to be doing everything right. And that's where that support is so, so valuable. And it's not going to be easy through lockdown, especially in winter. You know, there's difficult days and life can get busy and crazy. And that's where having that that coach can really help. And this is why our clients, you know, one of the main reasons our clients do so well is because they have that support and accountability um, there all the time as well. So I'm just going to quickly go through a couple of, um, of uh, people's results from the last lockdown. So I asked people inside the community, what did you achieve last lockdown? And I've just put a few of them here to go through so you can see what is possible with that support and accountability and everything else we talked about today as well. So Michelle said that she started in May and she lost eight kilos, but seven and a half inches around her waist. Uh, we've got Leanne. So she started a month into lockdown last time and lost 22 pounds in the 12 weeks. Teresa said I started at the beginning of March and lost 8.6 kilos. That's well over a stone, nearly one and a half stone in the first three months, but more importantly, lost 14 inches. Caroline said lost 12, 20 pounds in that period. Um, Rav said I started just as we went into lockdown, lost 9.4 kilos, so again, one and a half stone, felt so much better, no afternoon slump. Uh, Becky Lepp said she lost eight kilos and Angela said I lost exactly one stone and I've continued to lose a further nine pounds. So those are just examples of what people have been able to achieve in lockdown, following exactly what we talked about today. And Ben, if someone wants, you know, they're listening to this, they want to find out more, maybe where they can get some support and accountability from, from us and our Fit Over 40 programme, where can they go to find that out? If you want to find out more, just head to www.fit40info.com and you can get all of the details on that page.
Brilliant. So go and check that out. Thank you so much for listening to the Trinity podcast today. And we'll catch you next Friday for the next episode of the Trinity podcast. So thank you for listening to today's episode of the Trinity podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to hit that subscribe button inside your podcast app so you don't miss future shows. And also please leave us a quick review. It only takes two minutes. We do all of these shows completely for free to help you. So we'd really appreciate a quick review if it's helped you at all. So thank you again so much for listening and we'll catch you next week for the next episode of the Trinity Podcast.